Haley. And this is a podcast about books and the love that exists within books. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's weird to have the video <laughs> because now I'm like... It is. I'm focused on maybe looking at myself, but then if I don't open this tab, then I won't know what I look like. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Do I look super blurry to you because you look blurry to me? You do not look blurry to me. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It might be. Mm, that's interesting because usually my internet connection <laughs> is the one that's bad. Uh-huh. Uh. Yeah. We'll, uh, see. we'll see where this goes. We're trying out something different. Well, technically not different. Yeah. We did try it last time. It just, we didn't <laughs> get it all the way. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll get it this time. It'll work. It'll be good. We'll It'll be good. But yeah, this is what we look um, like. Treat for you. Yeah. For anyone that isn't friends or family. So to our one fan <laughs> outside of those groups. Oh, what is her name? Leslie? <laughs> Leslie. We love you, Leslie. Um, okay. <laughs> so today we're talking about Bridget Jones's Diary by Helen Fielding. But first, I wanted to touch on that How to Be an Anti-Racist book by Abram X. Kendi. Yes. Abram. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to, like, do a bunch of quotes this time. I just wanted to, like, touch on something. So the version that I'm reading is the updated version after 2020. So something that's cool about it is it includes things like... Um, the COVID vaccine when it's discussing, like, racial um, inequity. Mm -hmm. So he was saying how we used positive discrimination to make sure that our elders were vaccinated for COVID. Like, if you were over the age of, I think, 65, you got the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. But we didn't use positive racial discrimination for the same reasons for vulnerable groups Mm -hmm. that were more susceptible to the virus for reasons like poverty, And, like, uh, institutional discrimination, certain groups were just more susceptible. Mm -hmm. Like, the stats are there. Yeah. Or people who are doing jobs where they're in contact with a bunch of people. Yes. And so if you want stats and the information on things like that, it's a good resource for that. Um, So, yeah, I liked that perspective of it because it's like... And then he's talking about Reagan and he's talking about Nixon and all these past presidents... And how it's always been institutional. Racism is institutional. It is uh, systemic, like, in its nature. Because all these laws keep getting passed and, like, voters keep being suppressed. And it's still affecting us all the time. It affected us as recently as 2016. Um, Well, no, as recently as now. But I mean, like, as far as the voter suppression. He said in Wisconsin, there were, like, thousands of people that couldn't vote because of these racist um, suppression laws that they put in place. And that's a swing state. So Donald Trump won that swing state because of these things. So it's like, everything is connected. Everything. So what is it? Uh, turtles all the way down, it goes all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. All the way down, all the way to the top, <laughs> and everywhere. In all the directions, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's, like, really big ideas, mm-hmm. and so I didn't want to try to, like, condense it, but I just wanted to, yeah. like, give Be little like, bits. Little update. Update on what's going on. Yeah. And this is for me. Question. Are you reading it, or have you already read it, and you're just like, eh, I'll talk about this, or are you reading it as we go? I'm reading it because I 
don't right it's now hard to read of everything that's yeah. been going on. It's hard for me to read in general, but I'm listening to it. Ooh, that's good. And I I feel the need to take notes on it, mm-hmm. but that means that I need to be like not occupied with doing anything else. And that's incredibly hard to carve out the time for. Yeah, but yeah. I am making my way through it because it's like really, really, it's really valuable. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to learn in it. Yeah. Good. good. Yeah. I have the Songbirds book and I have uh, the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So I'm going to read those. Nice. Along with, I guess, now Dracula. What's the Songbirds book? Uh, the Hunger Games prequel, which we just got a preview oh. for the movie so oh really and of course he's like he's gonna be like an attractive person and everybody's like remember this is the person that killed finnick <laughs> right and many others and many others are... but fan favorite yeah. finnick adair um okay <laughs> bridget jones yes we are talking about bridget jones so it is by helen fielding it was written and published in 1996 uh, the audiobook version that I'm listening to was recorded in 1999, and it is narrated by Barbara Rosenblatt, and she's got a fun voice. I like her. Go Barb. So, the start of this book is so strong. Like, it does kind of remind me of the beginning of my year of rest and relaxation. Mm-hmm. A lot of things about this book, I think, like, are intentionally parodied by my year of rest and relaxation, which is so fun like to read it and see the parallels. So the opening is meet Bridget Jones, a 30 something singleton who is certain she could have, she could have all the answers if she could a lose seven pounds, B stop smoking and C develop inner poise. She lives in London in the mid 1990s. And this is a year in her life. So it's literally the same amount of time too. And she's like searching for a better way to be living. (laughs) she is she's a lot she's a lot like the main character in my year but she's also like the friend Riva Mm -hmm. because Riva was all about like self-improvement and Rita had the eating disorder and obsession with food Mm -hmm. and Bridget has like kind of a dark obsession with food and like yeah it's mostly played for comedy isn't it yeah Mm -hmm. but it makes me feel icky so I probably won't go yeah. into specifics. I don't want to talk about, like, what she's eating yeah. or calorie intake. But it's, like, every entry starts with, this is how much I've smoked. This is how much I've eaten. This is, um, you know, how many lottery tickets I bought or whatever. And she's, like, keeping track of all these yeah. things. <laughs> so, and, I mean, I love lists. I love keeping track of stuff. But not that. <laughs> no. No. It's unhealthy, for sure. And I don't think it's, like... I think it's obvious that it's unhealthy, yeah. but it makes me sad. Yeah. So, um, so we start with um, her New Year's resolutions, which of course are losing weight and stopping smoking and developing inner poise, which is something that comes up a lot because she is kind of like uh, squirrely, which I relate to. <laughs> um, so January 1st, um, she starts recording her food intake. Um, she counts calories, drinks, cigarettes, lotto tickets. Um, she has a flashback to last August, because last August is when her mom called to insist she comes to this family friend's New Year's party. She tells her about this rich kid, kid in quotes, rich 30-something, 
uh, Mark Darcy. He is just back from America, and he's like a rich lawyer. Um, so back to January 1st, her mom's friends are annoying her about being single at this party. They introduce her to Mark. So it's like very obvious that her mom and all her mom's friends are like trying to set them up. Yeah. Um, she, she finally meets Mark standing alone. He's wearing a terrible sweater. He's wearing white socks that have a bumblebee on them. In August? Well, I guess it's hot in, or it's cold. In no, the it's, UK. it's a New Year's. Okay. It's a New Year's party. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> but in the movie, I think it's a Christmas party. It's I think so, a yeah. bad Christmas sweater, which I like that they did yeah. that. So it's just a whole bunch of like older folks standing around staring at them as they meet each other. <laughs> Nice. I don't know. Have you ever been in this situation? Um, no. I've been, like, people will be like, oh, you should meet this person, but the person is not ever really there. And it's like, okay, okay yeah, sure, I'll meet this person. Never will meet this person. <laughs> That's good. They leave it up to you. Yeah, no. Her mom, her mom and all her mom's friends are, like, very, very pushy. Um, <sighs> yeah, I'm not there. I'm not there. I feel Elizabeth was like, it does get worse as you get older. <laughs> because then Ugh. people like, and I was like, well, it hasn't been that bad. But like, yeah, she would have like some of her mom's friends, and some church friends, which is every single time they would have like the same conversation. And I was like, how old was she when she met her current partner? Um, I don't know. Because she just turned 30, like, I don't know. She was, she was under 30. No, she wasn't under 30. <laughs> How much older is she than me? She's at least, she's at least four or five years older than me. Because we did not go to high school together. So, I think you, you gotta be like 40 before people are like, yeah, yeah. do you want to settle down? You know. Ridiculous. But even then, just stay out of people's business. Just don't. You know, like, because if then, you, if then... you want to meet this guy, then I'll show yeah. you to him. Yeah. Show you to him. Like, you're a dog. I'll we'll show you to him. He's waiting <gasps> oh in the car. Presenting. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, if you He's do that, <laughs> I brought him with me. The window's down. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, if people do that every single time you talk to them, then I'm like, I don't want to talk to you anymore because I know that that's what our conversation oh. is going to be. So if you would like my time, then let's not do that. Yeah, yeah. And I've been guilty of doing it too, but not <laughs> not to the extent of like no. you're in person staring yeah, no. at them and going, kiss. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, her mom and her friends are annoying. Um, Daniel... Cleaver. Okay. So now we're going to get into work. So she works at this publishing place. It's not very specific about what her job is. She doesn't really talk about her workload. But Daniel Cleaver is her boss. And she wears a short skirt to work, wanting to get his attention because they've had like a little bit of flirting going okay. on. Um, so he sends her a flirty instant message because it's 1996 saying... It appears you've forgotten your skirt. And then this is, like, the line that starts it all. It, like, kickstarts it. They kind of, like, go back and forth. He corrects her spelling in a flirty way because they were probably both English majors. Um, She writes that she has to improve her spelling. 
Oh, yes, because after all, have degree in English. That's what she says. Um, a few days of flirting um, via IM and shooting sexy glances, and then he asks for her number. He doesn't call her over that weekend, and she's, like, losing her mind. This is, like, a pattern that happens. Yeah. It's a typical, like, fuckboy, like, showing interest and then dropping her, and then she's, like, insecurely attached to him. Yeah. So... On the first date with Daniel, it finally happens, um, he takes her home, he tells her that he just wants to have fun, and then she tells him to fuck off. So it's like, he was stating his intentions, which is good, mm-hmm. but she was like, not into it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it doesn't last, because we wouldn't have So wait, 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 um, so he's her boss, or he just works at the company? He is above her at the company like okay. i don't think he's usually giving orders directly to her okay but, but he's, he's like, like a boss boss there yeah okay he's pretty cool. yeah um publishing man publishing man it's unspecific. giving it's giving the holiday vibes yeah it's like we don't need to know what anyone does for work specifically um we just get a vibe they're writers um, <laughs> they're sad that's all you need to know she's in her dms she's not happy yeah um <laughs> February, Daniel has left for New York City. They're not keeping in touch um, because they've kind of, like, had that falling out, I guess you could call it, or Mm -hmm. miscommunication. Mm -hmm. She goes to something called, that she calls a smug marrieds dinner, which is, like, (laughs) all of her married friends will get together, and they're all very smug. That's it. Like, (laughs) they're very pleased with themselves that they've, like, accomplished being married. Yes. So they ask her directly, like, they're basically just as bad as her mom's friends because they're like, why aren't you married yet? Like, directly Mm -hmm. asking someone that is insane. Um, She just has to, like, sit and suffer through it. Um, And so that, one of them is her really kind married friend, Magda, Mm -hmm. and she, like, looks great for her age. She's very successful. I don't remember Magda's husband's name, but, like, I don't know. He kind of sucks. Um, of course okay. of course he does <laughs> so shortly after that her dad uh tells her that he and her mom are having marital issues but he doesn't like explain because mm-hmm. he's british mm-hmm. so um so then daniel cleaver once he's back from new york city and they have that little break he sends her an instant message that says frigid cow as like a way of flirting no yeah <laughs> So he, like, insults her and crosses the line a lot. And she's like, ew. Bridget. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's very 90s. It reminds me of the friends attitude where it's like, boys will be boys, but I'm a feminist. It's like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, she gets mad at him saying, like, this is what I am looking for. Like, I don't want you to be concerned yeah. or whatever. Like, this is stating clear intentions. But then it's yeah. like, oh, that's great. He's called me a mean name. <laughs> yeah. She has this friend that I love who she calls mm-hmm. Shaza or Shaza, whatever. But her name mm-hmm. is Sharon. She's, like, kind of referred to as a shrew. She's harsh on men. Um, she's a career woman, but she wants to be in a relationship. But at the same time, she's, like men are trash you know and so they have a lot of conversations like her and shaza and um magda oh jude 
Jude, yeah, Magna isn't usually included in the conversations about men because she's married. Oh, she's okay, not married. Okay, got it. Um, so wait. But yeah, they'll kind would, of... If we're going Pride and Prejudice parallels, would Shaza be Charlotte or no? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, there's, I don't think the friends have like very clear parallels. Got it. And then she also has a gay friend, uh, Tom, and he's always giving her advice on men. And I like Tom's character a lot, too. But Go Tom. So have you seen the episode of Friends where they read that book about, like, women's power? And it's like, you're letting him steal your wind or whatever. No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's very, like, 90s, early 2000s, like, fake metaphysical kind of feminism where it's like women have this inherent power and like you uh, need to hold on it. to it and don't let men take it so it's kind of shaza kind of gives off that kind of i'm just immediately it was like the feminine mystique <laughs> yes except cheaper than that um okay her parents stop answering the phone and it kind of like concerns her like she does have her own stuff going on but she's kind of like i'm sure like they'll figure it out it's yeah. like kind of weird but because she's like in her 30s yeah yeah okay so her dad asks her to lunch eventually and then her mom separately asks her to lunch and then her mom arrives first she's like drinking heavily she's swearing this is like very out of character for her mom um and she's like i'm going out to get laid like she's wilding um her dad tells her that her mom came back from this trip that she took with a friend, and she told him, like, she was tired of being their slave, there as in, like, his inverted slave, yeah. and he doesn't know what a clitoris is. So, you know, classic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's, like, it's kind of, it's pretty much, like, in the movie where the mom, like, kind of goes off the rails and, like, has a midlife crisis and is getting spray tans and drinking and acting different. Yeah. And the dad is, like, just sad and just wants her back, pretty simply. So Bridget, it is now February. Bridget doesn't get a Valentine's gift, and she's, like, depressed about it all day, of course. But then a card shows up at her apartment. <sighs> guess what it's, guess who it's addressed to? Bridget Cow? Yep. I hate it. Indeed. This is Daniel, man. He sucks. <laughs> so then... <laughs> They make out in an elevator, and they go for another date, because she gives them another chance. Um, she primps, and primp is such a specific word, you know? But I feel like primp is perfect for, like, pre-date. Yes. It includes curling your eyelashes. Like, for that's sure. what, it, like, it's the extra getting ready. <laughs> yeah. It's every inch of your body uh have you watched i've only watched like the first two episodes of crazy ex-girlfriend but like there's the sexy getting ready song that's what Mm -hmm. i think of (laughs) yes exactly so she she primps a lot for every single date that she goes on yeah she claims that she's like traumatized by the media and women's magazines and it's like all an impossible standards yeah an impossible standard but like she still engages in it obsessively like keeping stats on what she's eating every day and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. obviously these these discrepancies are intentional, but it is kind of depressing. Um, yeah. Also, another note that I made is like her inner poise obsession reminds yeah. me what of. What does that mean? It's like 
being composed. It reminds me of with ease, which is something else I've seen women doing mm-hmm. like on the internet recently. It's like, oh, I did this with ease to indicate like, I'm not stressed at all by the responsibilities of the patriarchy. <laughs> I did it with ease. It's not breaking me down at all. Um, it's like, we know that we can do things. Do we want to do them? It takes time. <laughs> yeah. That you're still spending your time doing that, and that should depress you. Um, but they're both like inner mantras for peace. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just found that to be a parallel. Yeah, so she primps a lot. She has this uh, weight loss plan. But the weight loss plan is like, I'm just going to replace food with sex. Easy. She's like, I'm not even that hungry anymore. Um, <laughs> so, her oh, mom. So <laughs> her mom pays her another visit, and this time she's like even more off the rails. Like, Wild and out. Yeah, she's like wearing a slutty top. She's like wearing makeup. She's glowing, apparently. Like, it's kind of working for her. Um, <laughs> she's dating. Two men, because there's the initial guy, Julio, who we don't really know that much about. And then she has her tax guy (laughs) that she's just like, we got on. We got on really well. And now he's taking me to dinner. It's so funny. But she's like discovered her. Julio and the tax guy. (laughs) She's discovered her power over these men. And Bridget is kind of jealous. Because she doesn't have power over Daniel. She's always leaving everything up to Daniel and his whims and, you know. Yeah. Um, so one weekend, Daniel doesn't ask her out. She goes out with friends. Um, she's hungover at Magda's uh, married friend for her godson's birthday tea party. That's something I would skip. So I British. would skip. Um <laughs> She congratulated herself on being single, actually, because while she's hungover at this place and it's miserable, she's seeing, like, all these people with their toddlers and, like, miserable on their own, not even hungover. And she's like, you know what? It's not so bad. Which I feel that. When I see toddlers (laughs) in public, I'm like, I'm glad I don't have kids. I don't need them. It's like, yeah, so much time. So, so much, much time, so much energy, so many things you can't do anymore when you have kids. Like, I don't think enough people think before they have children. But anyway. Um, no. no. So now her mom comes by again. This is all in February. So I'm just, I'm not like specifying when things are happening. I'm just like rolling through it. Um, yes, yes. And this time she's crying and like, I don't know, freaking out about various drama her mom Mm -hmm. keeps popping up because she's very while i'm like you go girl i'm also like you're unstable girl Mm -hmm. you know yeah so she's using her daughter for therapy (laughs) rather than actual therapy i was like if you were seeing a therapist and also doing this it would be better it would be easier to root for you (laughs) yeah she is being very selfish you know this is sponsored (laughs) so (laughs) Daniel freaking asks Bridget to go to Prague with him, which I was like, okay, Daniel, like, this could be cool. And then immediately snatches it back. <laughs> he's like, Daniel. he's like, I don't know what I was thinking. I have, a, I have like a work thing or whatever. 
And then she learns this term. I, I think it's from, um, is it Sharon or Shannon? Shaza? Sharon or Shaza. Fuckwittage. And she's like, so she tells Daniel, I'm not interested in fuckwittage because she doesn't want men to mess with her emotions. And it's like, okay, good. Yes. Take a stance. Yes. Take a boundary. Yeah. Um, so she tells him to piss off, basically. So now it's March. Okay, and her birthday cool. is in March, so she starts planning. She wants it to be a big to-do. She loves her birthday, um, but she's mm-hmm. having a hard time picking the guest list. Um, people keep wanting to bring their annoying partners. Like, for example, she's like, no. <laughs> she doesn't like Tom's partner, and she doesn't like Jude's partner, and those are two of her closest friends, so they have to be there. Um, she also tells everyone that she's going to cook, and she can't cook. Uh, oh, I remember. Yes. I remember this yes. in the movie. She leaves the yarn on and it's yes, blue soup. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> um, so her guest list at one point is like 19 people that she's going to have in her little apartment cooking them food. And she, her menu keeps getting more and more elaborate, which like I relate to because I've done that. But it's, yeah. it's you can see it coming from a mile away, the disaster. She tries to, she tries to reframe it. By being like, oh, it's going to be like a cultural experience. It's going to be like we're all sharing from the same big bowl of stew or whatever. And it's going to be, it's going to be great. <laughs> a cultural yeah. experience. So her friend Magda, the married one who has her shit together, um, had, and mm-hmm. all of her other friends too, had predicted that this would happen. So Magda gets a table at a restaurant that they all like. And they just go out to eat. And Magda saves the day. Yes. Go Magda. Yeah, it's very sweet. Good job. Um, so now we're in April. She's doing okay. Um, her mom is now a TV presenter for a show about women and I think, I think it's just people who are newly, unexpectedly single. Obviously, she has expertise in that area, I guess. I guess that's how she got the job. Um, and then her dad is like holding it together but still very sad um yeah okay so jeremy okay jeremy is magda's husband and we don't really know that much about him other than like he's fine whatever he's there um he's just ken yeah uh (laughs) bridget sees jeremy out with another woman uh the other woman is in a suit and is younger um he gives her a look like don't say anything essentially and so she's like well, it could be like a business meeting, but it could be something else. I don't know. But she yeah. decides yeah. not to tell her friend. She decides not to tell Magda because she t- <laughs> another concept that she's taken on for self-improvement is like Zen, which she doesn't even really know what it means. Nor do I, but <laughs> she decides <laughs> to use Zen and flow. Um, how did I happen to bump into Jeremy if not through flow? So she's like, I'm just going to let it flow through me and, like, keep my peace. And it's like, you're just being selfish because you don't want to break it to your friend, you know? Because you don't want to. Yeah, it's so, it's so ridiculous. I'm being zen right now. Yeah. (laughs) She also does um, feng shui. So she'll, like, stress about where to put her, uh... huh? That's Yeah, that's where you, like, place things in a certain way so the flow. Yes, exactly. So she stresses about where to put her. Uh, trash can because she's like well I can't have it in my money corner 
but I don't want it in my love corner, because then Daniel won't want to go out with me. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> it just reminds me of the love fern from the How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, yeah. Hold on, love fern. Oh, gosh. In the love corner. <laughs> Terrible movie. I did not enjoy. It is insane. I have no nostalgia attached to it. So I was like, this is, these people are crazy. Yeah. But I guess it's good that they're together because they're both terrible. The gender roles are very strong in that movie, for sure. Um, Frost yourself. That's what he says for his marketing campaign. Frost yourself. <laughs> yes. Stupid. Ugh, great, great times. Um, okay, so now, Mark Darcy. Back again. Back again. Uh, they meet at a a work party, some formal party thing. Uh, they there's a pretentious conversation going on um, between I think it's Perpetua, Mark, uh, Bridget, and uh, Mark's partner, who I don't even think I ever bothered to write down her name. She's just like some pretentious lady. Um, and Mark and Bridget kind of seem to connect over disliking the snobbishness. They have like you know shared moments where they're like, "That's stupid," you know. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> like they yeah. kind of see each other. Yeah. Um, Daniel and Bridget meet up. Daniel says, um, I guess she gives him another chance or however she wants to see it, but it's clearly like she wants his attention. Um, Daniel, because Mark is like brought up for some reason, he's like, oh, me and Mark went to Cambridge together. He's a nerd. Like, that's all he has to say about him. He's just rude. Um, she doesn't go home (sighs) with him, actually. And she writes... I'm not in love with Daniel anymore. In love with Daniel anymore. Why did we say that? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's intense, Bridget. But good for you. (laughs) She actually accomplishes. Freeing yourself of that energy. Yeah. She's like, (laughs) I'm over it. Which I remember writing in my diary about a boy that I still had a crush on three years after I wrote that. So. I didn't say in love with, though. I wasn't insane. Um, yeah, no, no, that's too intense. She accomplishes losing seven pounds. Um, everyone thinks that she looked better before. (laughs) People, people think she looks like sick and tired. (laughs) I can't. Uh, also, I like, is it that noticeable? Seven? Probably. I think people are lying. Probably in the face. (laughs) I know, like, my face is where it shows the most, but, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, that's actually really funny, though. They're like, mm. Yeah, she's like, are you kidding me? Like, all of this was for nothing? She writes about <laughs> it, like, 18 years of trying to lose weight, and it was all for nothing. So, like, basically, as soon as she hit puberty, she's been trying to lose weight, which is so depressing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It sucks. So she kind of gives up on the losing weight thing, but she kind of still is counting mm-hmm. calories, counting food intake. Yeah. Um, it's hard to shake that eating disorder. Um, Magda mm-hmm. comes and comes over and is like yelling about how Jeremy was cheating. Um, it's like a very chaotic scene. So I'll tell it in a couple bullet points. Um, uh-huh. They're outside. Okay. She has the baby. Magda has the baby. Jeremy comes on his motorcycle and tries to grab the baby from the back seat of the car. 
They are downstairs. Oh, the Jeremy's also insane. Uh huh. <laughs> They're downstairs at Bridget's apartment, and like when Magda had rung the doorbell, she had been running the bath, like trying to relax. Of course, this is always when these things mm-hmm. happen when you're trying to take a bath. She left the taps on from the bath, so her neighbor, whose flat got flooded, like comes out and is like, "Hey, uh, there's water coming through my ceiling." Um, so then they go back up. And the door is locked, and she doesn't have her key. So her neighbor helps her get back in. They turn the taps off. Like, everything is, like, squared away. But it's, like, really, really chaotic. Um, So stressful. Oh, my goodness. And then Bridget, because she's so vulnerable and insecure. I I don't know what compels someone to do this. But then she makes out with her neighbor, and they eat pizza together, and they drink together. Yeah, it's... The, all of this within, like, you know, four hours or whatever. So, it's a wild night. Like, and there's been no connection with the neighbor no. before? No. It's just a random, like, oh, you're here. Yeah. It's like... I see you now. <laughs> it's like, I'm really stressed, and you were really nice to me, and, like, men aren't usually nice to me, essentially, and, like, I basically said I'm done with Daniel, oh, so... But then, mm-hmm. she's not, like, attached to him emotionally. He tells her... Yeah, I'm, but it's like he tells her I'm married, but I think I love you. <laughs> so I kind of like who are these people? I, I kind of <laughs> like that scene because it's like, okay, so everyone's insane. It's everyone, yeah, in the world. It's not just Bridget. Being an adult in the nineties, <laughs> man, nineties <I laughs> London, a lot of just silliness going on. Nineties <laughs> Londoners are um, so silly. Um, okay, so Daniel shows up drunk, and he says that he loves her, and he asks to use her toilet, and he stays the night. So they're, like, in love again, I guess. <laughs> I just don't know. I just feel like maybe people don't have friends the way that they used to. I would never be like, no, Daniel, you can't do that. That's a bad move. <laughs> uh I don't think that any of her friends are, like, a fan of how he's treating her, but they're also, like, all pretty self-absorbed, and they're like, well, this is just how men are, rather than being, like... And dating Yeah, is. rather than being, like, find a man that isn't that way. They're like, this is just how men are, so you have to learn how to, like, whip them into shape. And it's like... And, like, manage them. It's like your oh. job as a woman to, like, train them. I hate that mindset. I just can't. I just can't. If somebody came to my house and was like, I love you, I need to use the bathroom. Well, yeah, because he's drunk, and he's like... (laughs) I'd be like, you can use the bathroom, but you don't have to say that you love me to get in. That's not a requirement of entry. But then she's like, okay, get in, and also get in my bed, because we're together again. Yeah, I think it was mm, dirty outside man. I think it was like <laughs> I just can't. It's probably like oh, I had my like little fun bit of freedom making out with another guy, and like yeah. you are super hot, and like I just she just can't get over him. I yeah. haven't felt since I was like sixteen, but yeah. I know it's not a good feeling. Um. Okay. Yeah. No. So yes, they are together again. Unfortunately, so now it is now it is May. Um, she thinks she's getting morning sickness, so she might be pregnant, but she's like, oh, I'm also, like, hungover, and I'm eating a lot, (laughs) so, 
could be anything. Could be so many but things. She goes to the chemist, aka the pharmacist, and the chemist yells. Ooh. That's fancy. Yells, you want a pregnancy test? How late's your period? And she's, like, <laughs> obviously trying to buy it, like, in shame because the world is hell. Discreet. Yeah. Discreetly. Like, why can't... This should be so normal. But... Yeah. So then she reads it and she's like, it's positive. I'm pregnant. So she's freaking out. First person she tells is Shaza. She shows it to Shaza and she's like, you're a ninny. Like, you're an idiot. You are ridic- You are a ridiculous human being, is what she says. Because <laughs> she looked at it, and there was only, like, one bar, and it's actually positive th- if there's two bars. Like, she looked at the one bar and was like, that's it! So, she needed to be told that she was an idiot. You know what? Anxiety is a hell yeah. of a drug. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be something that would happen to me. Right. It's like, she's so dumb, but it's like, I don't know. I do dumb things. I get it. Um, Yeah, so she needed that, like, reality check. Um, And I think that, like, the pregnancy scare kind of represents, like, her insecurity in the relationship at all. Because when she first thinks that she's Mm -hmm. pregnant, she's like, Daniel's an alcoholic. Like, I can't have a baby with him, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why are you with him? So yeah. she and... Kick him to the curb. Kick him to the... He can't use the bathroom. Get him out. <sighs> can't use the bathroom. Can't use your body. <laughs> um, she and Daniel, basically, like, all they do together is drink and sleep together. So, um, yeah. Yep. So then she goes somewhere to buy clothes. She has, like, a whole body dysmorphia panic. Um, there's communal changing rooms, which I've never heard of. But that's disgusting. I would never. I would never go shopping. <laughs> None of it. Unless I was yeah. with like a bunch of friends and we were taking over the communal fitting room. Even then, it's like, I'd rather not. Yeah. There's only like, there's Even only then. three friends. Yeah. Locker room like, vibes. I'm okay with it. With you. That's all right. But otherwise, it's like, we don't need to. <laughs> it's fine. I wonder if that's a European thing. I don't know. It probably is. It probably is. But she she's having a party for VE Day, which is basically, it's not patriotism. It's basically just a reason for all of them to drink. Um, it was a weird time because there's this quote. Our entire relationship so far has been based on the idea that one or the other of us is supposed to be resisting having sex. And she says, like, it's weird if there's, like, an occasion because sex is, like, expected, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, off. So it basically has to be up to, like, Daniel, like, wanting to ravish her or whatever, and her being like, no, and like, ew. <sighs> so they get, after this party, this is kind of, like, the tipping point where it's, like, the honeymoon phase is over, mm-hmm. and their relationship is so short for them to be, like, over it. They get into bed fully clothed, and sleep responsibly, and he's, like, reading his little book with his glasses on. Um, yeah, it's insane. So then she goes out with Sharon and Jude. Um, before they go out, the cabs have some sort of issue, and they end up just, like, staying home and drinking a bunch. Um, Daniel interrupts, and she is annoyed, and she calls him a disgusting sexist drunk who interrupts their feminist rants by pretending to be the perfect man. And 
he like brings her food and like calls her beautiful and they're like in a real relationship so it's it's so this is how it is reading like it's not just me like poorly summarizing which i'm sure it's a little bit of that but it it reads this way it's like i'm done with him we never want to have sex there's this weird game that we always play blah 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 i'm bored and then why are you showing up here you disgusting sexist drunk oh we're like fully committed to each other it's so very wild. roller coastery yeah it's not healthy so her and daniel are together i guess um her okay. mom wants to take her to get her colors done have you ever had this done no caitlin wants it to be done but she doesn't want to pay a bunch of money and she also doesn't want to do it over zoom oh yeah (laughs) because there's people on tiktok who like that's their business now uh but they do like zoom like appointments and i'm like what if the lighting is wrong in your house for sure you could get it all wrong and you paid however much money for this ridiculous thing right (laughs) I feel like they'd be like, stand in front of a window, and I'd be like, okay, does that work? Because I'd look like a ghost. Yes. Um, that's very interesting. I also would like to get my mm-hmm. colors done. I try using the filters and stuff, and I never can mm-hmm. tell what looks good on me. Yeah, I think it would be, it's like another thing. It's almost like a personality test. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is about me that's special and different that I can remember? <laughs> right. <laughs> I need something to attribute uh, to give my personality some flair. Um, okay, so that is just a little tidbit. It's just all of these, like, beauty standards and, like, feminism, quote-unquote, trends. And it's all, like, these 90s trend things. That's And that's the thing that her mom wants to do to spend time yes. with her. Is, like, how can we make ourselves look better by wearing the right color exactly she's like well so-and-so got it done and she looks great in salmon like don't she want to look like so-and-so who's 65 (laughs) yeah yes yes i would love to look like louise (laughs) so (laughs) but something good does come of this because her mom does get her a job on tv um which it's a mixed bag so she's like, I'm coming by with a crew at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Oh, darling, aren't you thrilled? She needs her for a segment. So she's kind of using her. Um, she is using her. The segment yeah. is pre-menopausal and talking about the pressures of children. That's like the concept. So very flattering. Um, she tells her mom that that's... The pressures of children. She tells her mom that that's embarrassing. And her mom reassures her that... It could be an anonymous silhouette, like she's on, like, a murder show, like a witness to, you know, one of those. Then why have it be her? <laughs> I, yeah. Um, she asks her, when your husband left you, did you have suicidal thoughts? <laughs> so it's just, it's just BS. She's just asking for a favor, basically. But this will <sighs> be relevant. This, her being on TV okay. will be relevant later. Um, okay. So, Daniel... At one point, they're out together. He pretends to meet this woman that he clearly already knows. This is, It's this pretty woman named Vanessa, and she has fully slept with him before. So he's, like, trying to play it cool, but he's, he's the worst. Okay. Yeah. It's June. She is suspicious that he's cheating on her because, of course, he is. Um, she just wants, like, a little weekend getaway. She's like, we're so, mm-hmm. like 
into this monotonous like cycle where you're reading with your little glasses every night and I just <laughs> I just want to get out of town and take a mini break she keeps calling it like a mini break yeah. but Daniel just wants to stay home and watch sports and be boring because he's the worst um yeah and they ha- he has so much money that's the thing so yeah he was mentioning going to Prague yeah, yeah he's He's being shady. So her mom's friends are having a Tarts and Vickers party, which is in the movie. Um, She plans to go with Daniel, and he's going to finally meet her parents. So she's excited about that. Um, She has a dream that she wore an apron with no underwear. She tells Daniel about this dream. And he jokes, quote unquote, that it means that her true purpose is to serve him with no pants. As an underwear. So, I hate him. <laughs> but, but, of course, uh, before they can go to the party together, he cancels on her for work. Um, she shows up. She's wearing this cute little bunny outfit, lingerie, um, just like Elle Woods. And, of course, the theme was canceled, just like Elle Woods. I don't know if I would stay. <laughs> I don't think I would, no. I think she was like. I, think I would go home. I think she was dropped off, but I would find a way for sure. Oh. I would get in a cab. Yeah. <laughs> I would go somewhere else. Yeah. Because that means that none of those people are my real friend. Right. <laughs> and they're not. They're like these these old people that are pressuring her to date some guy she doesn't know and are always. Yeah. Like there's this guy she calls Uncle Jeff, but it's like her parents' friend. He didn't call her mm-hmm. to tell her the theme was canceled, and there's like a conversation had in front of her where he, where they're like, "Oh, you didn't tell her," and he's like, "No, I didn't." And it's like clearly because like he thought it would be funny, and like he like wants to look at her ass, so it's just gross. Um, I hate it. Yeah, disgusting. Um, Mark Darcy makes another appearance. Um, she catches him <laughs> staring at her bunny tail, which is funny. Uh, his smug date makes fun of her. Um, she makes a joke back, and he smirks, like, laughing at her little joke. Um, mm-hmm. Yuna wishes that Mark was with her. Yuna is, like, one of her mom's friends. Because they just can't let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their OTP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she brings up, Dan- or someone brings up Daniel Cleaver, and Mark reacts and says they're definitely not friends he's like very firm about it um so she <laughs> oh it's so funny she like immediately accuses him of being jealous of daniel and she, he's like do you think i'm jealous that he's with you and she's like no what crazy um but he tells her like take care of yourself like, very mysteriously. And he's like, I'm also concerned about Julio, who your mom is dating. And that's, like, all he says. It's all he says. <laughs> but he knows something is up with Julio. I would watch out for Julio. He knows. Julio in the schoolyard. Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. It's a great song. Um, um, I also love... Like, he was like, we are not friends. It's always funny when people comment on, like, the lack of something. I think it was, like, a Tumblr post. Like, you never say, like, oh, it smells like nothing in here. (laughs) Because that sounds insane. (laughs) That's funny. I like that. (laughs) We're not friends. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just, it leaves her feeling unsettled. Because she doesn't get, like... 
Oh, terrible yeah. vibes from Mark. She just thinks like he doesn't like her. He thinks she's stupid or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then her dad shows up to the party with a date who is also dressed as a sexy bunny. <laughs> and she is like uh, a widow of like one of their other friends. Um, and so it's kind of drama. Yeah. But she shows up to Daniel's mm-hmm. flat after this, like just wanting like comfort and her boyfriend because they're mm-hmm. in a relationship. Yeah. And he's like avoiding yeah. her. He like won't like let her up like when she buzzes. Um, he watches from his window. He watches her walk away like, down the block, and he's, like, because he had told her, like, oh, I'll meet you at, like, the bar around the corner, and then she's, like, as she's walking away, she's, like, why is he watching me? Like, this is a weird vibe. So then she, like, sneaks back, and she's, like, I think there's a woman there. Like, I think he's keeping someone. She forces her way in. He's still acting weird, but he offers... Vanessa. He offers her a drink, um, and then she's, like, I want to go up to the roof, because she, like, randomly remembers that he has access to the roof. And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Like, you're being crazy. Like, let's go to the pub, blah, blah, blah. And out there is this bronze, leggy, naked American woman uh, who says, darling, I thought you said she was thin. So. Girl. Yeah. I always it's hate so when they make the person also terrible that they're sleeping with. I don't know why it's better. Yeah, she didn't have to be. I don't know why it's better for them to have been like, oh, I didn't know that you had a relationship at all. Like, you have lied to both of us. Right. I don't know why that well, makes yeah, it. Yeah, it is better because yeah. you're not engaging in the so hurting this treachery. other person. Yeah. Treachery? That's not the real word. Treacherous. Um, so that, you know, obviously puts an end to that. Yes. Um, now it's August. Tom tapes a piece of paper to her phone that says, don't call Daniel. <laughs> he's, the, he's, like, telling her to be strong. He's a good friend. Good job, Tom. Um, she's, like, obsessing over her beauty routine. She's trying to reinvent herself to get over the embarrassment of what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, Excuse me. But then she lets Daniel take her for a drink, which really pissed me off when I read it. Um, he mm-hmm. says that he misses her. But then he tells her that the woman's name is Sookie, and he says that he's marrying her. So it's like, what? I don't know. Um, so then she's Sookie? going out with her friends. Oh, I know. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like from uh, The Vampire Blood. Show? Yeah. That was one that I did not watch. Yeah. It looked crazy. There was so much it. going on. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Suki. I don't it's probably not good by like today's standards, but I think like it's probably as good as like The Walking Dead, that's yeah. what I would assume. I just love how like some But shows yeah, he's are, like, gonna marry He's gonna marry her? Is Suki is Suki the name of somebody in Gilmore Girls? Yeah, that's Melissa McCarthy's okay. character. I'm like, okay, so it's an it's an actual name. It just sounds fake. It sounds like a fake name. It does. <laughs> but he's gonna marry this person. Yeah. That he has right. already been sleeping with for a long time, or is new? No, I think it's new because he would always talk about, like, doing business with America, and then he would fly to New York and stuff, and I think that it was just always happening. Got it, got it. Yeah, and they probably, he and Suki probably had an agreement where he was like, I'm sleeping with this woman, by the way, she's thin. Mm-hmm. That's, just, <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not yeah. the way to so, do uh, a 
poly relationship. Right. And, like, the fact that he tried to, like, warm her up to it by being like, I miss you, and also I'm getting married to someone else. Like, he's he sucks so bad. Um, no awareness. <laughs> no. No. Now she's going, Bridget is going out with friends to distract herself. Um, Jude is this friend that's having problems with uh, Richard, her boyfriend, okay. and he agrees to go to counseling, but he doesn't show up, so all the men just suck. Yeah. Bridget finds out that Bridget finds out that her ex, Peter, who she saw as like someone that might be an option because he was just kind of like a safe guy, he's getting married. <laughs> it's um, like in Fleabag. <laughs> the one guy who mm-hmm. cleaned the apartment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very much that. Um so she's like, okay, cool. So now I feel worse about myself, even though I didn't really want him. Yeah. Um, she sees Daniel at an art gallery. Uh, she, like, rushes away from him and is, like, super embarrassed. But he sees her almost pee on a fake toilet because it's, like, part of the in- installation. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. So there's another My Year of Rest and Relaxation parallel right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> now I'm also thinking about total forgiveness. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's rough. People really do poop in like display toilets and stuff. People really do that. It's out there. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> Again, like I mentioned, I just can't be confident about what's going to happen. <laughs> no, yeah, the consistency. Yeah. Or how much effort it'll take or how long you're going to be on there. Yeah. Yeah. So I would be like, all right, I need to eat dairy, like a lot of oh, it, like 30 minutes before. <laughs> anyway, so she has that terrible, humiliating terrible. moment. Um, She's having a bad yeah, year. Yeah. So Hugh Grant gets referenced here, um, or like around okay. here. Uh, how does a man with a beautiful girlfriend sleep with a prostitute, get found out, and get away with it? This is during an interview. She says, so this is an interview for, like, a TV job. She says, mm-hmm. maybe the evidence was swallowed. And then this guy, Richard Fence, Finch. Fence. I'm losing it. I need a drink. <laughs> Salt Zero? Is that what it's, it's called? It's, uh... I guess free, it's free just seltzer for water. For Kroger seltzer water. I think just Salt Zero is just really funny. No, it just says se- it's a seltzer and then zero oh, calories. Oh, I was not. I was. I was thinking there was an O there. I'm like salt zero, <laughs> like a Coke zero. <laughs> oh man. Okay. That would be better branding. I, I'm gonna get through this. <laughs> that might be copyrighted. Okay. Um, but I didn't like. Yeah. To be honest, a lot of the characters in here are. Pretty flat. I only mentioned like a couple yep. times. Yeah. Or like I'll edit like parts of it out because I'm just like this doesn't feel relevant to Bridget's story, so I'll just stick with what is yeah. going on with her. But it does. They do. Bridget's group of friends do kind of remind me of the group of friends in The Devil Wears Prada, where they're all like very self-involved mm. and selfish, but they're they're fun yeah. and they go out for yeah. drinks and they tease each other and whatever. So. Yeah, so during an interview, she talks about Hugh Grant, says maybe the evidence was swallowed, which is, like, you know, kind of a joke, and Richard Finch, who is about to be her new boss, loves it and, like, thinks she's hilarious. So then she 
goes on a work trip to Edinburgh. She's alone at a bar, and she sees her mom interviewing a man, asking him if he has suicidal thoughts. She just can't escape her mom. <laughs> She's also, she went to Scotland? I guess. <laughs> Unless I read it incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure, because it was, like, during that trip. Nice. Uh, Richard Finch offers her a job. Good Afternoon is the show. Um, so it's, like, a new show. Mm-hmm. She'll start in a week. She tells Daniel she's leaving the job. He gets all sad and whiny and wants her to stay. It's like the absolute nerve. I just can't. Um, Perpetua, who I I don't even think I've mentioned, but Perpetua is like this annoying snob (laughs) at her work that's like always undercutting her and making fun of her. And like every slip up that she has, she's like right there to like pounce on it. But Perpetua actually stands up for her to Daniel. And she says, you chucked her. Deal with it. Like. You're the one that dumped her. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. Perpetua. Also, what a name. Is I that know. a real name? <laughs> I think. It sounds like uh, ancient sounds Greek, Greek or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her mom invites her to go to a ruby wedding of Mark's parents, which I think is just like a vow, vow renewal. Um, a vow renewal. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of hard to say. Can I buy a vow? Um, (laughs) so she, oh yeah, so she finds out that Mark told his mom he finds Bridget bizarre, which like, (laughs) knowing the character, because it is a Darcy parallel, it's like, that's a compliment, just, just relax. Yeah, because everybody's boring. Yeah. He's like, ah, I'm tired of the snobbery, I just want someone unhinged. Um. That's so bizarre. You're so bizarre. (laughs) So Bridget has her first big like you you know the scenes in like 13 going on 30 where it's like everyone is in one big meeting like pitching ideas and stuff yeah so she's in her first big meeting with finch um she suggests someone to interview he looks at her boobs and he tells her boobs that she's brilliant (laughs) he's just a he's a sexist pig um but in a way your dude yeah but in a way better than daniel at least he's like you're doing great yeah and you're gonna do great things with those boobs. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, actually You're giving go her... To the top. Right. He's actually giving her opportunities and, like, recognizing her ideas, yeah. but he's still yeah. sexist. Um, hey. So she lies to the smug marrieds. She says she's dating a 23-year-old. I don't know. I don't know why. Not a brag. <laughs> she, she gets her on-screen time from Richard... Um, she, okay, so it's this firefighter segment. This is in the movie, too. She's supposed to slide down the fire pole um, and then, like, do her little intro and then have her interview and then segment over. Like, it's supposed to be a quick little zippy segment. Yeah. But she, in her earpiece, gets, like, a cue, and she's like, oh, shit, so I gotta go. But then the cue is like, okay, we're ready in three, two, one. But there's, like, a pause, so she goes on ready. They were not ready for her. She's, like, already down the pole. And then she's, like, shit, what do I do? Like, I don't have time to go up the stairs. So she starts, like, trying to climb up the pole. (laughs) And then they're, like, we have to cut, like, the segment's about to end. And she's, like, now back to the studio. (laughs) So then, yeah. (laughs) So that's the whole segment is, like, her trying to climb a pole and then back to the studio. So she's like a laughing stock of her whole work, and it becomes like a running joke 
Like, anytime someone messes something up or, like, wants to end a sentence or, like, is transition, like, anything, they're like, yeah, yeah back to the studio. Like, yeah. So. I don't think that I could do live television. Uh, <laughs> or anything that was live. I think that I would not be, because I am funny, but I like to be able to edit things out. <laughs> right. I feel like I would be too in my head. Like, I tend to be during the podcast sometimes where I'd, like, miss opportunities for jokes. Yeah. So then it just comes across really wooden. Yeah. Wooden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do like seeing people our age on the news. It is fun. And, uh, like... Yeah. And when people mess up, it's like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, yeah, we're gonna... We're live every single day. <laughs> right. I feel like it would be... If I saw that live, I would be like, that is hilarious and it would be like a viral clip obviously but yeah i wouldn't think that person would be fired you know yeah no it's just a miscommunication so she has rsvp'd to the ruby wedding she and her dad talk about it and he's like i think we should both go like i'm trying to like live my best life essentially like i'm gonna go to this wedding and have a social life even though i'm sad be Um, sad about it yeah so it's october uh the ruby wedding is at Uh, Mark Darcy's house so this is her you know moment going to his estate essentially like in the book in Pride and Prejudice I mean yeah um it's like really cute there's like red fairy lights everywhere there's red hearts like hanging in the trees and it's like he's gone all out there's really good food so cute um and her mom and her awful friend Yuna hate the food they hate everything about it um but she and her dad are like, no, it's great. This is great. You're being a hater. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, she, but her mom and Yuna are like, it's showy, you know, which showy just means I'm jealous. Yeah. Um, Mark overhears and she feels bad that he like hears them talking crap about it. So she tells yeah. him later that she really loves the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, thanks. I really liked your fireman segment. <laughs> like he saw it. <laughs> Um. oh that's so funny i would hate it but it would also be funny (laughs) right yeah um there's this kid that asks her to dance and gets a boner which is unfortunate um and then mark like saves her and like cuts in and then as they're dancing he asks her to dinner abruptly and rather crossly (laughs) in true darcy style um and she accuses him of asking her because their moms told him to. Yeah. Mm. Which I mean, I understand. Yeah. Their mom has been talking about this for literal almost a year, two years. Yeah. It would be difficult to not think that. Yeah. Her defenses are so up, like, even though Mark has been, like, nothing but kind to her, you know? Yeah. But he says, like, I heard about Daniel and I'm sorry. Um, and the truth finally comes out about Daniel's past, and uh, mm. she finds out that Daniel slept with Mark's wife two weeks after the wedding, um, and then she accepts the date. Um, he confirmed that he's not with the snobby lady anymore. Yeah. yeah. But then she gets stood up, like, after her intense primping. No, no. date. Yeah. Mark. I know. Better be doing something good. <laughs> there better be a good excuse, right? Yeah. And there probably will be. We'll see. Um, I'm almost done. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> at Bridget's work, uh, Richard is going to give her another chance to cover something. 
uh, really important, actually, the Isabella Rossellini trial. Um, mm. She goes to the shop by the courthouse. There's a bunch of press, like, waiting outside the courthouse, like, waiting to get interviews from people, and um, they're just waiting, waiting, waiting. So she's like, okay, like, I'm going to go get, like, cigarettes or whatever. And then when people hear, like, other journalists and people hear that she's getting cigarettes, they're like, oh, can you get this? Oh, so she has this huge list of things. So she's taking a while yeah. in the shop, and um, uh, Mark Darcy walks in, and he's, like, still in his, like, get-up with the fake wig, the weird English lawyer thing. Um, oh, the Parliament, yes. Okay. Yeah. Or, is it? I don't remember what it's called. Not Parliament, but... Don't they just all wear wigs? <laughs> Do you wear wigs? <laughs> yeah, British lawyers follow the tradition of wearing head wigs still. Um, That's uh, so weird. Barrister. They call them barristers, too. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It just reminds me of the Princess Diaries. Yes. When, like, the women were, like, getting their wigs. <laughs> so, he's still wearing his dorky little wig, um, but he comes into the shop, and he's like, where were you? And she's like, where were you? And so while they're, like, about to have that conversation, the cameramen come in, and they say that Isabella has left. And she's like, great. I missed my big chance. But Mark is like, actually, no one's had an interview with her, and I might be able to do something for you. And, like, he is her defense lawyer, which I don't think Bridget knew before. Um, So then she and Mark figure out what had happened. She was drying her hair with her super loud hair dryer when he rang the bell, and she just never came down. So he thought that she was like, I'm not going to answer the door, and she thought that he never showed up. Very silly. (laughs) is very silly like did yeah. he call because i would have been like oh no i, I guess not happened like did she fall is she sick <laughs> like why right. wouldn't you call they both just <laughs> they both just assume that the other like wasn't actually that interested i guess which yeah. um Sad. so he gave her an interview he gave her a good afternoon interview and it was a success and there was actually yes. a mention at some point like in this part of the book where Colin Firth gets mentioned. So it's kind of, it seems like she always, like, fan-casted the movie. The author always fan-casted the movie for Colin yeah. Firth and Heath. Uh, Heath? Not Heath. Yep. Hugh Grant. Heath um, Ledger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just want to put him in everything. Okay, wait, did you say it was Isabella Rossellini? Yeah. Was that a real thing? I don't think so. Okay. I was like, that is an actress. Oh. But I don't know. Nothing came up via, like, the law. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so she has an idea because she's, like, into this, uh, Pride and Prejudice miniseries on BBC, um, Mm -hmm. to cover it. And she wants to cover, like, specifically the relationship between Colin and the actress, uh, and their real-life romance or whatever. And so Richard, Mm -hmm. like, approves the idea. Um, November. Tom... Oh, okay. So she's, like, out to eat with Tom or something. And she mentions the calories and something. And he's like, oh. And then he, like, gives her a little quiz just to see, like, if she knows the calories and everything. He's like, how much is in, like, a banana? How much is in this? How much is in this? And she knows, like, every single one. And he's like, you're sick. (laughs) (sighs) Like, you should not know the calories. That's like knowing like how many points things were like Weight Watchers wise. Ugh, yeah, that makes me sad. Um, but shortly after their like conversation about that, Tom 
disappears and like no one has heard from him and at first she's like kind of enjoying the drama um because everyone's like coming to her like where's tom like you're his best friend you should know um but then she like actually gets worried so eventually they like show up at his house and she realizes that she has the key to his house so she gets in it turns out that tom has been hiding because his face is messed up he had a nose job in secret, and he has two black eyes from the nose job. So, like, even Tom, who is, like, you know, calling her sick for knowing the calorie count, like, he yeah. is also susceptible to patriarchal beauty standards. And, yeah. Yeah. So, Tom. nobody is safe. Yeah. She works over a soup for several days and then serves everyone blue soup. Um, Mark, <laughs> so she has, like, a big dinner and has everybody over. Mark is very sweet about it, very helpful, and he and Tom um, help her make an omelet so that somebody can have, like, actual food. Um, yeah. She planned, like, confit uh, oranges, and they end up, like, literally just being marmalade. Like, she just served everyone marmalade. And, yeah, so just another cooking fiasco. Uh, her dad calls. Here's a big bomb. Her mom and Julio are wanted by the police uh, for fraud. <laughs> <laughs> they fled to Portugal. Um, so basically, all of her mom's friends were frauded thousands of pounds for a timeshare that never existed. Um, and her dad has no money because everything was in her mom's name and they're like about to lose the house. Like, it's wild. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So Mark takes charge and helps immediately. It's very hot. Um, he drives her to Jeff and Yuna's. He starts making phone calls. Mark goes to Portugal to deal with it, finds her mom with the help of police. Um, she finally, her mom finally sees all of them again and she's like in denial. Um, and then her dad tells her mom about the house. He's like, we're literally mm-hmm. going to lose everything because of this. Yeah. And then finally she goes to the police. Um, yeah. And, like, turns herself in. It's wild. But Mark is, like, so good about it. You know who would never do that? Daniel. Daniel. Okay? He'd be like, oh, damn, that sucks. Damn, you know? Daniel. Um, he, <laughs> he's, he's not a take-charge type of person. That's what, like... No. In Pride and Prejudice, when Darcy's like, I'll take care of you. And then, mm-hmm. like, in the, the love... Sister. Yeah. And then the love hypothesis, when Adam Driver... It's not Adam Driver um adam carlson whatever he's like i will take care of this i'm like yes i know that i can take care of things but it's nice that when you say that you're gonna take care of it it does get taken care of and not in an insane way not in a way that makes it worse in a way that's like efficient and (laughs) level-headed yeah like taking care of business and he is like a lawyer so he does know like stuff about the law and how to handle these things yeah um so now it's december She's lonely. She hasn't heard from Mark in a bit. Jude and Tom and Simon are all, like, temporarily dumped by their partners, all her friends. But then they all reunite. Tom was married. No. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Tom is her gay friend (laughs) that has a boyfriend that they don't really like, but... Okay. They're all reunited. So it's like, she has a moment where she's like, oh, we're all gonna be single together, and then, no. Um, Daniel calls her drunk and says he loves her again. He insults Suki, and it's like, what are you on? That's not the way to win. No. <laughs> um, and then she finds out her mom and dad are sleeping together again, and, uh, mm. yeah, 
her, she's at family Christmas. Everyone's begging her again about being single. Julio shows up. He crashes the party. He stands up to her dad. He wants a fight. He's like, you're with my woman. And then her mom goes upstairs with Julio. Then Mark Darcy shows up. He's like unkempt and unbuttoned. It's like the scene in Pride and Prejudice when she's like unkempt from running through the heath or whatever. Um, and he tells everyone to quiet down and act normal. He's there to deal with Julio and he like handles it. So Bridget gets her mom to come out. Okay, so her mom is having this like feud with her aunt about the gravy. And like someone made the gravy, someone didn't like the gravy. One of them wants to make the gravy. I don't know. Okay. So she actually, like, manages to get her mom to lure her mom out by, like, threatening the gravy. The gravy. And uh, (laughs) Mark gets in there. Julio's arrested. Her mom's upset that Julio's arrested, but she loves the attention. And when she comes downstairs, her top is inside out. So. Mom. What is her name? Do we know her name? Um, I don't think so. Bridget's mom. Also, she didn't, like, go to prison. It was all Julio. She didn't help him defraud her friend. Yeah, so basically it was like she never knew that it was fake. She never knew that it was fraud. They kind of believed that she was dumb, so. Got it, got it, okay. Um, Yeah, so then Mark is like, I'm taking Bridget away to celebrate what's left of the baby Jesus' birthday. And then they go and they have (laughs) fancy dinner. Fancy Christmas dinner at a restaurant together, just the two of them, mm-hmm. and it's nice, and there's not, like, prying eyes on them. Um, mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, he's been missing because he's been spending time, like, pursuing Julio throughout Portugal, and uh, he, like, lured him back because he, like, somehow got word to Julio that uh, her parents were back together, so he would, he knew that that would, like, draw him back. Um yeah. The arrest is on TV. It's, like, a huge deal. Um, She goes to his suite. He tells her he loves her. They have sex. And then she has, like, a year's summary in numbers. And that's the end of the book. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah. How did it um, compare to your expectations? I don't know. Because I saw that movie a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. But... Um, I didn't remember any of that happening. I don't remember any of that crazy subplot. That's even better than Lydia and Wickham, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like, obviously sad for the dead, but hopefully it'll get better. But yeah, I don't know. I know that in Pride and Prejudice, they still don't really have a lot of conversations, but I'm always like, there should be more. They should talk more. <laughs> yeah, I think they, in Pride and Prejudice, I feel like their conversations are like off quote-unquote camera they're like half yeah. they're talking and they're visiting but she's not actually writing down what they're saying yeah yeah um but yeah yeah that was so, crazy pop culture hypotheticals uh we could compare it to the movie which i've seen more recently than you um yeah i saw it many years ago yeah it used to be like one of my comfort rom-coms but i don't think as much anymore because i realized like how actually annoying i find most of the characters um <laughs> but i would say this was like it's so interesting when all the characters are this way right like everyone is acting on impulse and like they're 15 years old and as horny as a teenager too it's wild but i think the movie is great i like that the 
um, the two actors that are mentioned in the book are actually who was cast in the movie. the people. Yeah. The dream as an author. (laughs) I love Colin Firth. I love him. Um, He can do no wrong. I think, uh, yeah, the casting was great. Renee Zellweger isn't even British, which is very weird to me, but I think she plays Bridget well. She makes her a lot more sympathetic than I find Bridget to be in the book. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, having to actually see someone show their underwear on TV because she's trying to climb up a fire pole is different than reading about it. (laughs) Fun. Um, That's such a funny scene. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, So then I kind of talked about, too, like, the obvious parallels to my year of rest and relaxation. Um, Talked about this is, like, fully Pride and Prejudice. This book is, like, Pride and Prejudice but made more modern. Um, yeah. And, but I don't think that, I don't think that Bridget is Elizabeth. Yeah. She's not really. She's a completely different type of person. Yeah. Because Bridget wants a man. Elizabeth is like, meh. And Elizabeth is a lot more sure of herself or she at least comes off a lot more sure of herself. Like obviously she's like internally only what? 18. I don't yeah. remember how old Elizabeth is. I think she's she... under 20. No. Really? No, she's older. Because what is what is it? Charlotte Lucas is 27. <laughs> I thought she was like 23 or something, but I don't know. Because, yeah, see. Charlotte Lucas says that quote about being a burden and being afraid. And she's 27. <laughs> so is she just way older than Elizabeth? Oh, Elizabeth is 20. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Young. Um, But... <laughs> Yeah, Bridget is just, I think that's one of the things that when I was watching the movie, I was like, she's not really the same, which is no. fine. It can be loosely based off of this. Yeah. Like, what is it? Persuasion that everybody hated that I haven't watched. Mm. The Don't Netflix watch. adaptation. Yeah, apparently they, like, changed the main character's personality. Yeah. Uh, Lauren really liked Persuasion. She was like, Don't watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. We only got so many Austin adaptations that are good. I I know some people didn't like the Emma one that came out in like 2020, but I thought oh, it was great. I loved that movie. I saw that movie so like fun. twice in theaters. That was one of the last movies that we saw before the pandemic. <laughs> I know. I think it might have been the last one I saw. I think I think it was. We went yeah. to see it at the Phantom Movie Theater with food. Overpriced food and Jane Austen. Ugh. What a time. Any other pop culture hypotheticals you want to throw in here? I'm trying to think. What city they live? They're in London, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what superheroes are British? <laughs> Isn't there a Captain England or something yeah. like that? It's like Captain Britannica or something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Encyclopedia <Like> Britannica. <laughs> I'm going to Google because I feel like. So many of the superheroes live in New York or the fictional equivalent of New York. They can't all live there. I know. Uh, and then there's, so Moon Knight is part of the West Coast Avengers. <laughs> oh. They live in California. <laughs> Just have a separate branch? Yeah, separate branch. Okay, British That's superheroes wild. that come up. Captain Britain, Red Guardian, mm. Captain America. That's not, Captain America's not. Union Jack, Captain Canuck. I don't know. I think it's just Captain Britain, which is... There's only two <laughs> British Avengers. Love it. 
Mm. I was gonna say, what would a super, what would some sort of superhero equivalent do in this story? Um, they don't exist there. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Spider Man would offer her a kind word in the street. Oh yeah. <laughs> She would see Spider-Man, just like we said in my year of rest and relaxation, yeah. she would see Spider-Man in the convenience store, and he would be supportive. He would just be very kind. Uh, yeah. Because that's She's uh, like, that's I missed thing. this interview, and he's like, hey, don't worry about it, buddy. You get him next time. <laughs> we'll get him next time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, get that's all I got. Tiger. Um, yeah, I, I can't even think of any because usually we go with whatever media that we're consuming, and I have I've really only been watching like Try Guys videos. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which Try Guy is Mark? Oh, Daniel would be Ned. <laughs> Daniel's Ned. That's easy. Easy. Okay. Um, Mark would be Zach. Um... Zach is very sweet. And awkward. Okay. Could be Zach would, who, who would that be? Mark. Or Mr. Darcy? Yeah. Yeah. And then Keith is tall and awkward and loud. That could be Tom. <laughs> and then Eugene is good at everything and, mm. like, intense. Shaz- Shaza? Yeah, I would say so. Bridget's yeah, not in the track, guys. <laughs> Bridget can be uh, Maggie. Her and Zach mm. just got married in... Mexico, Cute. it looked beautiful there. I don't know anything about Maggie. Uh, what other characters remind me, what other characters remind you of Bridget? Like, this kind of, like, I need a man, and no, I don't need a man, but I will take him back immediately. Who acts like that? Mm. I know I've read it before. I don't know. It's like, he said he Ooh. changed, and I believe him immediately. Uh, well, I mean, that's a lot of, like, best friend characters, I feel like. Mm. Um, that they're always like, this is their drama that the main character is willing to listen to. Yeah. Um, but it does remind me of, so the book series that I just finished reading, the Holly Black, like fairy ones, mm-hmm. the main character is a twin. And so her sister is like very different than her. Like the main character is like a warrior who like murders people and is an assassin, all that stuff. The twin sister is kind of like a court person and like is very soft. And very sweet and she ends up falling in love with this person who's terrible mm. and who made her lie to her sister and she got married to she like was like it's even though he's terrible now we're gonna get married and he says he loves me and it's gonna get better does not get better getting married does not solve it I it doesn't solve anything where people got that idea especially when like the person that you're gonna get married is this like really old powerful fae person Gross. who's been alive for so much longer than you He's not going to change. He's been doing this for years. Many years before you. Ew. He's the one um, that, like, literally lives for the drama. He's like, uh, make, he's like, your story is not done yet. I'm excited to like see where your story goes. So he's, like, treating them as, like, set pieces in a story mm. that he wants to tell. He's bad, but mm. she loves him. Yeah. I think she murders him, though, eventually. So that's good. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it reminded me of. It's like... Yeah. Alternate What you're saying... Book. Yeah, what you're saying about them is not matching up with anything that we have seen. Right. So Yeah, well, at, at points, Bridget is, 
is even calling him like a sexist pig or an alcoholic yeah. and then she just like gets over it and it's like how can you like actually believe that like you have to actually yeah. partially believe that about him yeah it's mind-blowing um it does yeah from what i've heard about colleen hoover books i think that if you like similar? this book you'll like colleen hoover because <laughs> there's literal physical abuse that happens in those books and sh- they stay together it's like it's actually disturbing every time i see it like in a supermarket right by the checkout i'm like that's dangerous propaganda that you're selling yeah i haven't read any of her books but that just makes me think of like archive of our own it's like put that in the tags yeah warnings for all of this (laughs) yeah all right if you would like to get in touch with us please don't send us salacious instant messages from your work email you can find us on Instagram at Lit and Love Pod, or you can email us your compliments, or I guess any questions, suggestions, or passive aggressions at litandlovepod at gmail.com. We also have a Buy Me a Coffee account, so if you feel like giving us a dollar, that would be really cool. Uh, and that link is in our Instagram bio. Bye! Bye! Bye.